This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC on ESPN 23, Reyes vs. Prozeka. Hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome in Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we will preview UFC on ESPN 24, Rodriguez vs. Watterson. Here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We have a recap and a preview today. Um, We had a pretty so-so card last week uh, up until the main event went absolutely bonkers. We'll get to that in a minute, but we're going to start as we always do with our takes of the week. So as always, Ryan, take us away. All right, so take of the week this week for me. I got a... us on JLT, me and you, we've been saying this for a while, but I think after Saturday night, the rest of the uh, MMA world might be uh, starting to jump on board with us here. And just the fact that Dominic Reyes is just not that good. Dude's head is too small for his body, and he's uh, he's just not an elite fighter. And uh, the John Jones fight was kind of a, a mix between John Jones not taking it seriously and Reyes fighting maybe one of the better fights in his of his life. So um, I think People will start recognizing if they're not already that uh, Reyes is not the next John Jones. Like people are being, you know, after that loss where he claimed he won, he took it as a moral victory, or he actually thought he actually won it, and that was just good enough for him. He's, he thinks he's the uh, the champion. Well, not anymore. You lost two to guys that are nowhere near John Jones, and uh, and yeah, you just. Uh, just not that good. You can't you can't lose a fight, claim to be the winner, and then go drop two fights to brutally competition that's not as good. So I mean, the guy's just uh, he's a goof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think it was just he was at the right place at the right time. He had a hot start to his career. How many times do we see that though, where a guy gets off to a crazy? It's almost like they get they get to a certain place before they even realize they shouldn't be there. Um, and then all it takes is getting slightly derailed, and then it's like they never get back on track. Uh, that's two bad knockouts in a row by uh, by in his last two fights. Um, yeah, I, I actually forgot about that take. I thought you were going to talk about another take that we had um, when we got on the on the jury on board the jury train before his first fight because we got a hot tip that he was coming in and he had like twenty five knockouts. And an eight fight knockout oh, streak. Yeah, that too. I almost thought about going back and listening to what we what we said on that card, but that was simply too much work to dig all that up. But yeah, you're right. I remember your your Dominic Reyes takes were a little hotter than mine. I think you even said somebody with a hairline like that that can't accept going bald is never going to be champion. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. So it looks That's a fact. It's, it's proven to be uh, something you could uh, could bet on there. So, yeah, I mean, if you can't if you can't beat beat a receding hairline, you're definitely not going to be able to beat John Jones in the top of the 205 <laughs> yeah. division. So, um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's two bad losses in a row. I I have to wonder too if they it, like if they're they're re- I'm sure there really is something to it. You peak, and you think you 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 think you at the highest point in the sport, and then. It has to be a little harder to get up for these fights after that if, if you really do believe that you won, which it's tough. A lot of people do think he won that fight. He didn't. He 
it was close enough that nobody's going to call it a robbery. But yeah, I think uh, I think that alone probably is a men- mental setback. Being thinking that you won that, I don't know. Like some guys think you, it's going to motivate them more than ever, but I think it probably makes you lose a little bit of your edge. But um, yeah, I think it just depends on the fighter. Yeah, and Dominic Reyes is not the kind of guy that well, it gave him a, more motivation. Obviously, he's a late to late to fighting guy too. He didn't start fighting until I mean he hasn't even been in the sport that long. Um, he knocked out Chris Weidman at 205 pounds to get his title shot. Uh, there are some other, I mean, he has some good highlight knockouts up, up through that point, but, um, beating Chris Weidman by knockout at 205 pounds, a 185 pounder is not like exactly like, I don't know. It's not really, uh, title shot material, but yeah. And then he, he had the best, best performance of his life in that position. So, um, I think the next fight. Uh, you can't write him off completely yet, but I think the next fight is going to be the make or break for Dominic Reyes. Right, and you talk about a pea head. Like, this guy has the tiniest head. I don't know if it's just he has abnormally wide shoulders long torso. or an abnormally small head. Uh, and a long torso, too. Yeah, he's got, he's got a very weird body. He almost looks like Michael Phelps or something. <laughs> he might be in the wrong sport. He might be a swimmer and not even know it. Uh-huh, but, uh, yeah. Um, I guess it's pretty easy to find the chin when your head's that small. Your your fist basically takes up most of the head, so you can hit you can hit the sweet spot pretty easily on him. I feel like. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get more to the performance too. And I my take of the week is actually the flip side of this, and uh, I don't make this take lightly. Um, and I've waited a long time for to find somebody like this, but Jerry Prohashka Prohashka is the Justin Gaethje of the two hundred five pound division. I've seen a few other people. My uh, my one of my least favorite analysts, Luke Thomas, actually put a tweet out that said this. I sent it in the group chat first. Obviously, it's not the most blazing hot take if both of us at both ends of the spectrum say it. But I don't say this lightly when I say like a guy that comes in that can win or lose is going to be able to put on massive, exciting shows a hundred out of a hundred times. Um, like a guy like Justin Gaethje, I'm glad he started putting it together and got on a winning streak or won a few good fights. But win or lose, his fights were always fireworks. Um, there's only one Justin Gaethje in the sport. and uh, But I think uh, a guy like Jerry is the closest thing we're going to have to it. Um, completely different style. Uh, my brother-in-law, former guest on the show, Michael, said that he reminded him of like a Gaethje-Wonderboy mix, which if you know anything about me, Wonderboy is like my favorite fighter. Gaethje's my other favorite fighter. Combine them together. I'm just super hyped about them together uh, as a as a prospect here. A little concerned about the chin. Takes a lot of damage, but um, uh, he was uh, he's one of those guys. He's either going to knock you out or he's going to get stopped at this level because he just puts the pressure on and keeps coming forward. And um, pretty much, I guess we're going to have to wait a while because it sounds like he's going to get a title shot right away. But um, he's going to be fun to watch for a while, I think. Yeah, the guy's a madman. He uh he's uh, he's pretty uh he's pretty wild. He's he's crazy. He gets stung, he kind of turns his back at times. Not like even... looks like he might not all be there and then he comes right back at you throwing those combinations. His his punching angles are a little weird. Like Super um weird. they just seem a little different. Like they're they're not loopy, but they're like they are kind of, they're short but loopy in, in if that makes any sense yeah. i don't know how to describe it perfectly but um yeah and uh seems like he gets around 
and is able to uh, kind of trick guys and, and find the target more often than not and, and just walk guys Pressure down and too. take shots take shots to give them and uh, yeah I'm I'm really excited to see uh, see where this guy can go um, I think he needs to tighten up his defense a little bit if he's uh, gonna be fighting like John Joneses and and that type uh, of fighters but um, other than that like I mean yeah it's 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 always good to see a fighter like this comes out there and, and just lets it all out and and is isn't afraid to get into an absolute war so uh jiri is uh you know it's a jiri podcast now it, not now it's not just now a jiri podcast we became a jiri podcast before he fought his first fight so i did want to bring that up that we have been on the on the hype train for a long time so he's got a lot of new fans but we've been there since the start so uh i also wanted to point that out but yeah i just uh you know when he, you know how he keeps grabbing his glove before he punches, like, and it looks like he's like trying to readjust his glove. You know what I'm talking about? He does it a bunch in the first both of his fights. Yeah. He said he's channeling fire to his hands, to his fist. This guy, he's absolutely bonkers, like a nutcase. So, um, yeah. if he wins the he belt, he's pretty crazy. If he wins the belt, watch out. Like this, he's gonna be like a mega star. Like, he's just was so weird. Um, there's obviously a little language barrier, but he'll be so big over in Europe that I don't know, like it, the writing's on the wall. Like if he's able to beat Glover or, uh, or Jan, which I don't know what the, uh, what the odds are. I know they put out a future on Jan versus, uh, Jerry, but he's got to get through Glover first, but either way, like that would be phenomenal for the sport. So let's hope we get there. And, uh, yeah, just kind of like a take slash shout out right off the bat. For our boy, for our boy Jerry, but um, oh yeah, we'll uh, basically keep talking about him because we're gonna jump into our recap here. This is our um, UFC on ESPN twenty three Reyes versus Prohaska recap here, um, and we'll start with the main event. This was by far and away the best fight on the card. Really, I don't want to disrespect. There was a couple good fights on the card. There was a uh, Kai Kamaka, TJ Brown was a good fight. Um, Dustin Jacoby and Kutalaba was interesting. Um, honestly, Cody Stamen versus Marab was kind of like a ticky tack fight, but it wasn't bad. Uh, but nothing really stood out. I'm missing one too. Oh, uh, Sean Strickland looked good too, but, um, nothing really stuck out like next level until we got to the main event. And that was, uh, that was a wild one only lasted about almost two full rounds. And, uh, obviously we got ourselves a knockout of the year contender with Jerry's spinning elbow, totally off the cuff. Um, Dom Reyes looked like he was dead. Yeah, I thought he was for a second. I mean, he went face first. Whenever you see a guy go face first into the into the canvas and just just be laid out for long time. minutes, I mean, not get up at all, not move. He was just out cold completely. Um, yeah, Yuri, he's he's a, he's an animal. He's a different breed, um, and that that was just wild. He hit him so hard. He like wound up into that uh, spinning spinning back elbow. It was an elbow, yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, and it just hit him right on the butt. Hit Dominic Reyes right on the uh, right on the chin and put him out cold. Um, always great to see something like something like that, especially um, on uh, against somebody like Dominic Reyes that I don't necessarily like very much. So, well, I have no beef with him, and I'm glad he's okay. But that was. It's weird. It's a weird sport where you love seeing stuff like that, and then you kind of like hope the guy's okay after like we're kind of like sickos at the end of the day. We want to see it as close to death as possible, and I'm pretty sure uh, 
Jerry took it to the limit there. He was just, I mean, he, he almost, I don't know, like, I don't know enough about footwork if it's, if it's, un, if it's super, if it's so unorthodox and out of like, I don't know how to judge a guy's footwork. Like if it's so out of left field and wild, like I hate to bring up our arch enemy here, but like Dominic Cruz, like, like, I don't think his footwork is like anything. He's just like, he's just like a goofball out there. And Jerry's kind of like the same way. It's so weird that like he, he put himself into that spin because like you said, he turns his back and he throws these weird shots. He throws weird elbows, tries to throw too many flying knees, but the pressure he puts on it, I could tell after the first round, it was, Either Dominic Reyes is going to clip him and knock him out, which he came close a couple times, or Jerry's going to break him because the pressure he puts on, I mean, nobody's going to – he hits hard too. He's not just like a Colby Covington pressure tap, tap, tap guy. He throws bombs the whole entire time. So you're going to have to put this guy away to stop him, and it eventually I'm sure it's going to happen because he's been stung in both fights. Volkan Ozdemir caught him in the first round pretty good. Dominic Reyes caught him a couple times. I think Dominic Reyes caught him with a – up kick off the ground that might have stung him a little bit so he clearly is uh fast and loose but man he's going to be hard to beat but and he's fun to watch so uh but but again delivered an absolute highlight reel i'm sure a lot of people had no idea who he was i heard his twitter followings doubled since uh since saturday night so um definitely a star on the rise if we were going to do fighter stocks he would be number one for sure yeah, definitely. And something I kind of find interesting about his striking too is like, yeah, he does have huge power, but a lot of times when he's throwing the combinations, he is kind of not, they're not necessarily soft, but he isn't throwing full power. He's throwing it like 50% and then he'll throw uh, a right hand or, or something that just has tons of power behind it. So he's like, he's kind of lighting you up, maybe gives you like a little false sense of security with uh, when he's kind of throwing a little combos at 50% and then he just lights you up with like a huge punch and yeah, his striking, it's interesting, and uh, I'd like to see where he can go as he keeps uh, moving up in competition. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have not seen the knockout, if somehow you live under a rock, you listen to a very niche MMA podcast, but you haven't watched the highlights, which would be very shocking. <laughs> <laughs> go watch the highlights. Right. Go watch the knockout. I mean, it's, it's absolutely brutal, but um, it looks like everything's okay. Dominic's okay. Tough, tough break for him again. I don't despise the guy quite as much as uh, Ryan does, but um, I it's got to be tough for him to be coming. And get, we heard the spiel that you always hear. He was in a bad place before his last fight. He didn't have a good camp. You always hear these spiels. They never, ever – it's almost like a coach saying he's the best he's ever looked. Saying When you hear that, that's absolute curse territory. Right. Yeah, it's almost and, always – and they said that about Weidman. Uh, yeah, and I pointed that I pointed leg. that out too. That whenever you hear a coach say it's the best he's ever looked, when you know for a fact this guy has looked better seven years ago when he was the champion, um, you know it. Bad things are coming. Not quite. I didn't expect that bad, but bad things coming. One last thing I want to point out about Yuri. One thing I I really like about him. We got him at a minus one thirty price tag because he is a wild man and he can't be trusted. They're they're factoring that into the price tag. I would have easily put him at minus 175 or so for this fight. I felt I would have felt fine at that. I had a nice parlay, Yuri, um, uh, Marab, and uh, Sean Strickland that I put together. I'm on a winning streak, so I uh, I'm feeling good. I'm chipping away slowly because of the horrible, horrible start to 2021, but um, 
I love what we're the odds we're going to get on Jerry just because he is such a wild man and he does take damage because I had no problem laying down minus 130 on Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. I like that line too. Um but yeah, he is a wild man. It's it's one of these days he's going to get put out cold. It's just a matter of when. I hope we get a I hope we get a, a lot more fights before it happens oh, yeah. and we let the let this train Train build up speed before uh, before it gets taken off the rails, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, he's the type of guy, kind of like Gaethje, where I think you know he's going to be able to well, win or to lose. take losses. Yeah, yeah, win or lose, he's going to be an exciting fighter to watch. And I mean, we we did say that about Platinum Perry uh, for a long time too, Used to be and true. it might not be the case anymore. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully uh, Jerry can uh, can keep it together a little longer than, uh, than the Platinum. Yeah, let me sneak one more piece of news in here because we don't really have a place for it. Um, Platinum Perry may be back. Uh, Latori has officially left him. He put a post up about it uh, a couple days ago or yesterday. Oh, wow. So maybe he'll find his fighting spirit, his Modelo fighting spirit. But that's yet to be determined. Um, next up, our co-main event. I believe it was they called it the co-main event. Cub Swanson, Giga Chikatsi. Uh Giga was minus 150. Cub was plus 130. Bad matchup for Cub Swanson. He's not really a guy you really want to fight, who really wants to fight like a sniper because Cub likes to brawl. He likes to stand up. Um, his only shot in this fight was to maybe expose Giga and we could maybe find out he had no ground game. Didn't get to that point. Giga Chikazi landed a powerful liver kick that put Cub away. Cub's tough as nails and uh, it just crumpled him. So uh, not a very long fight. Not the most exciting fight. Good fight for Giga Chikazi though. This is probably his first big test and he... Uh, he smoked him. Yeah, it was a good fight for Giga. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I like Cub. I, I was on Cub. I thought it was decent value if he could uh, get it, his fight going, but he didn't really have time to to test Giga at all. Giga landed the Giga kick, as they call it. Um, he throws that, that kick to the body, to the liver, yeah. with his toes pointed. So, uh. it, you know, most people will just kind of hit you with the shin or ankle almost and uh, – Giga throws it to where he hits you with his toes, and it really just digs right into that liver, and it, he's able to put a lot more people out with it than uh, than most people do that don't throw it that way. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool kick. Put out Cub. Um, Cub, like I said, he's a tough fighter, so for him to for him to get crumpled like that, you know, it uh, it had to hurt. But, uh, yeah, not much to talk about on this one. Giga put, Giga put him away pretty, pretty quickly there. Yeah, we should see Giga again soon, so he's been pretty active. Um, Eon Kutalaba versus Dustin Jacoby. We had ourselves a draw here. We got a 10-8 round for Kutalaba in the first round. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Um, and then kind of uh, Ian Kutalaba took a lot of damage from there. This is a fight I was never going to touch. Uh, Kutalaba closed at minus 130. Um, but this is a this is like – Ian Kutalaba is off limits for betting for me because he's a guy you could never trust. And uh, he turned in an untrustworthy performance once again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just uh... – He's kind of a wild man. He's very inconsistent. Even, you know, most guys are inconsistent as far as from fight to fight. He's <laughs> inconsistent from round to round. So, exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh, he, he's wild. And, yeah, you can't really trust him. He, come, he can come out there and look like a world beater at times, like in the first round. And he can kind of just look like, what is he doing out there? He starts to gas a little bit. As soon as he starts to gas, he just starts to get lit up. And, uh, and it doesn't go very good from there. So... Yeah, I, I I agree with you. He's kind of on the on do not trust territory in most matchups. I mean, there are still some decent matchups. He's a good for him, fighter, but uh, 
Yeah. He is a good fighter. He just uh, he's kind of a head case, I think. Yeah, he's a world class idiot. Did you see him <laughs> snatch up Justin Jacoby in the in the weigh-ins or in the face-off, snatching him up no. by the neck? <laughs> yeah. A week after. There you go. That just. A week after we lose a fight because Jeremy Stevens is a total idiot. Uh, Ian Kudalaba takes it to the next level and like snatches him up by the neck. Honestly, it looked kind of like he was going to passionately kiss him, but. It uh, didn't get that far. Uh, Dana shut it down before uh, he landed the kiss. Obviously, there's COVID protocols in place still, but um, can't have guys grabbing guys up. I don't. Th- again, I don't think there's bad blood between them, but got ourselves a draw, whatever. We'll move on from this one. Um, I doubt we'll see a rematch. Just another weird fight in the weird journey of Ian Kudalaba. Um, Sean Strickland, Christoph Jocko. Uh, Sean Strickland looks really good. This is a guy I do trust. I did put him in my parlay, even at a minus 255. I felt good about it, and uh, he delivered. He's looked good. He's just looked solid since he's been back, and uh, he's got. seems like he's got everything rolling now. Yeah, he did. He looked really good. He's uh, he's kind of like a dark horse in the division, I think. Um, like to see him keep getting, keep getting, uh, you know, building some steam here and getting some tougher opponents and see where he can take this thing. Cause yeah, he's looked, I mean, he's looked really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's not much else to say on this one, no. except, you know, he, he pretty much dominated this fight. I mean, Jocko, Jocko landed a few good punches that seemed to, you know, kind of get Strickland's attention, but overall it was pretty much, uh, all Sean Strickland in this fight. And yeah. And he had that, I think it was a motorcycle accident, yep. um, that, uh, he got pretty injured from, but, uh, ever since he has come back from that, he's, uh, you know, he's been on, uh, he's been on a tear and, uh, he's been fighting at middleweight, I think. Right. Uh, he used to fight at 170, I believe, and uh, yeah, he started fighting at middleweight, and it seems like he's kind of, you know, found a good home there at, at 185. Yeah, for sure. He looked he looked good. He pretty much, uh, n- I don't know if it was ever like a, I mean, he was winning the fight wire to wire, and uh, again, it wasn't like a, a banger or anything like that, but it was just a good, solid fight, good, solid performance. Beat a guy who I thought would, I mean, I thought it'd be a decent fight, but I, I do have some confidence in uh, Strickland, so I do like adding him to my parlay, even at minus 255. Yep. All right, Marab DiCivelli versus uh, Cody Stamen here. Marab was my other parlay piece on my three-piece, uh, also minus 255. Didn't feel bad at all. Uh, I think you broke this one down perfectly last week. Marab's just too much for a guy like Cody Stamen. Um, it's almost like he's just the upgraded version of him. Um, fight was, I don't know if Marab really ever hurt him. Stamen actually hurt Marab with a pretty stiff jab in that first or second round. Um, uh, Marab just kind of just doubled him up on strikes, just kept landing stuff. Kind of a tough fight to judge. I don't think that Marab landed anything too devastating, but he, uh, they kind of went back and forth. It was almost like two, uh, two muscle midgets fighting each other and, uh, Marab, I think, won a pretty easy decision. But, again, I don't know if I really take much away from this fight. Either guy was almost like two two similar guys fighting each other, and uh, I guess we got the outcome everyone expected at minus 255. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, one judge saw it 30 to 27 for uh, Cody Stamen. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Where, didn't, wasn't, wasn't there a judge? The first scorecard that was read, I think, was 30-27 for Cody Stamen. So, it was a split decision, I believe. But, um 
Definitely wasn't that way. If anything, it was 29-28 one way or the other. I thought it was 29-28 Marab, which two judges scored it. So, um, you know, they got it right in the end. It doesn't matter that one of the judges <laughs> wasn't watching the same fight as everyone else. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Marab, he's, you know, he just has cardio for days, possibly the best gas tank in the UFC right now. And uh, it, it's gonna, it's tough to beat a guy that, that has cardio like that. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where he can go. I think he's going to get another step up here, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of been a guy a lot of people have had their eyes on. So uh, Cody Stamen's a good test, and uh, Cody Stamen's a good fighter. We'll see him again too. So uh, just kind of a kind of a crazy matchup. I think it was a rescheduled – it's been rescheduled twice. They finally got it out of the way. So uh, all right, next up we got Ronda Marcos versus Luana Pinero. Um I'm just going to say it right now. Luana Panero was winning this fight. She was minus 160 favorite, but she totally flopped and faked that uh, faked that knockout. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if people are going crazy on Twitter saying you don't know what it's like to be in there and get up kicked when you're not expecting it, blah, 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 blah. That was, uh, that was far better acting or worse acting, depending on how you look at it, than uh, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think it was, uh, I think it was bullshit. Um, I don't think, I don't think it was as bad as she made it seem to be. She really played it up in my opinion. I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe she was that hurt, but it did not. not. I mean, it it did not seem like it. It seemed like it was completely, completely fake. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, it, it's just pretty ridiculous. I mean, I think, uh, Randa Marcos is pretty pissed from what I, from what I read. And I think she, uh, she deserves to be also what, you know, I feel like there's no consistency in what's called a DQ and what's called a no contest these days. It's like uh, just completely arbitrary. Um, I feel like there's been this exact situation that's been called a no contest because it was ruled accidental or, or unintentional, I, I should say. Yeah. And then this one, they rule in, it intentional for some, um, and they call it a DQ. So I think they need to get more in line on that. I mean, I don't think it was blatantly intentional. I mean, it was clearly an illegal strike by, by all means. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's just kind of weird. Sometimes they'll call that a no contest. Sometimes they'll give them a DQ. Yeah, and if you're looking for a visual picture because you missed this fight because it was deep down on the card and it was not nothing special, think soccer, soccer flop. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, it was weird. She got so she got kind of like up kicked and she's on her knees and she got like stung and then she kind of looked like freeze for a second and then falls backwards and then just like kind of just rolls around like. If you're stung that bad, you're not rolling around all over on the ground like and like you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're just out. Like you're just laying there and trying to you know, recover and get yourself together, not like not like what she did. It was uh Well, Paul Felder it, straight it up called her a faker like, and then he had to walk it back for the next 5 minutes straight. I don't know if you were were you listening to the yeah. broadcast? Yeah, I was. was. I think the booth got in his ear and was like, uh, <laughs> "Probably not. Do, probably don't do that, Paul." He was. He had to work hard to walk it back. He was like, "Well, that maybe that was my first. And then he was like trying to watch it and fake like like he missed something. And then he I, he totally fumbled through that. Like, and I I mean I respect him for it. He basically said what he thought right off the bat, and then he kind of tried to walk it back, but he really couldn't find like the there was no. Uh, there was just no way for him to see it the other way because he tried to like watch it and he's like, oh, well, maybe no, no, nothing there. So yeah, I think I think Luana Pinero said uh, at one point, did I get knocked out? Um, and then he was like, oh man, I totally take back what I just said. <laughs> she doesn't even know what happened in there. 
Uh, no, she knows what happened. She's a good, a good faker. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the worst flop jobs I've seen in a long time. But whatever, she was probably winning that fight. She was probably going to win that fight. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Lame fight on a on a pretty lame card overall. Whatever. But uh, I guess that sums it up. It was uh, I mean, I I everybody I talked to about this card. I said there's nothing on here that I'm super interested in not not take anything away from a couple good fights and a couple good fighters but i said main event is worth the price of admission free on espn and uh that was absolutely the case so um if we learned anything uh it's basically that uh our guy jerry that we already knew was the man is definitely the man the jlt just the man the jlt jt jtm jerry like that yep all right then That'll do it for our recap, and we'll move on to our Isn't He Awesome and our weekly call-out. Um, I want to say it's my turn to go this week. You're first this yeah, week. Yeah, because you got yep. you stole Nick Diaz last week. Or was that a couple weeks ago? I don't remember. Anyways, uh, I think it was last week. I'll start with my shout-out. Doubling up this week. Shout-out slash horny MMA fan. Um, so we're doubling it up this week. Because my shout-out this week is to all the horny MMA fans out there. This is your week. Um, the deepest, darkest, and horniest of MMA fans. I have great news. Jessica I has released her OnlyFans account information and prices. So, do you want to know what they are? Are you interested? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm not going to read all of them because some of them are, I can't say with a straight face. We're talking about Jessica Evil Eye here. Um, again, let me pull up some pictures of her just so I can get a visual of what we're dealing nothing, with. Nothing nothing against her, nothing degrading towards her. Will she show you her evil eye? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want another price? <laughs> yes, please. Do you want custom? Or do you want... Custom? What is custom? What's a custom evil eye? Uh, a custom is... She'll sharpie your, na- your name on it or something? I guess so. Trust me, you're not going to want this. Your custom fully nude pick is basically, I believe, what we're talking about here. $7,000. Jesus. Um, custom selfie vid, 100 Lingerie booty pick, 100 I mean, it's all laid out here. Like, there's five categories, pictures, videos, selfies, customs, more. And there's about five options in each one, ranging from lingerie booty pick to fully nude pick, $6,000. Um, $6,000? Who is paying that? Lingerie I booty mean, pick, on. 50 bucks. They basically fight. Lingerie booty pick. <laughs> they basically fight. I'll just wait for one of you horny, horny MMA fans to pay the six grand and put it up on the internet. And uh, then, I'll, then I'll look at it for free. Um. If I even decide to one more interesting option that you may be interested in a five minute Skype (laughs) chat, 500 bucks. Oh, wow. Or she'll follow you on all social. This one's actually kind of smart. She'll follow you on all social media platforms for a hundred bucks. I could see some horny MMA fans going for that just for that. And maybe that not, not feeling quite so ashamed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Jessica, I'm, she's not worth six grand. So if anybody's uh, getting too hyped up for that, like cool your jets, guys. No, this is no, this is their week. This is their week for the real. The 
again, I'm not bashing her by any means. It's just an odd, I mean, make your money, whatever you got to do. I guess, uh, I guess, um, if you, if you're don't think fighters get paid enough, I guess there's always an extra Avenue because she's found it. She's following somewhat in the page Van Zant um, footsteps. Although I believe this one's a little more graphic from the sound of it. This is but, pretty wild. I mean, but I mean, if she priced it a little lower, she might make more money, don't you think? She could get like at five hundred bucks a pop. She could get like at least like double the amount. It of sounds like you have a number in your head you're willing to pay. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll have to wait till Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll have to. Wait. Black Friday deals. Let's see what those. Let's see what those come out at. Yeah, we're gonna have to wait to just get some specials. Or if you really want to, you know, hunt- maybe next time she doesn't get her win bonus, yeah. uh, they'll get some d- deep discounts. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Interesting avenue. I've, she's not the first one to go down this route. And again, no, no, uh, no shaming here in how she uh, she makes her living. But I just wanted to give a shout out to all the the horniest of horny MMA fans. Some of our that's like our favorite. Uh, subsection of the mma community and i did see a few people on twitter saying like you think these prices are high don't forget how unbelievably horny mma fans are so never that's the truth she might just not want to do it that often so like if you really want to get the pictures then you got to pay top dollar and somebody will do it because there's a lot of horny mma fans out there yeah the 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 booty pick doesn't seem like bad value compared to the the full nude yeah but i mean basically they all all the the girls basically wear that, like basically what they wear in a booty pick. They basically wear that at weigh-ins. I mean, all, I believe all of it's yeah, out there, really. True. If you really want to get, I think that's what sucks all the creeps into this sport. But right. I don't know. We'll have to find out if she's not fighting that often. Probably means she's making more money online. So we'll have to uh, JLT investigation, but not that that not first only for. Uh, scientific purposes we'll have to start getting some advertisers before we're uh getting too deep into that uh <laughs> investigation somebody have to sponsor our our account <laughs> yeah exactly all right then i'll move on to my uh that was my shout out let's move on to my call out call out this week is uh trailer fight fight club or whatever trailer trailer fight promotion um Saw on BJ Penn, our boy Mike sent it to us in the in the UFC Instagram chat. Um, they are going after every single illegal streamer of the of the Ben Paul Ben Paul Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. Not only are they going after them all, they said every single one will be listed on the lawsuit. They're trying for one hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece. But here's the catch: they're granting clemency to anyone who. Show who will submit payment but by June 1st. So if you illegally stream the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, you have until June 1st to pay $49.99 to Triller. How much of dire financial straits do you have to be in to be hunting down hunting down uh streamers this hard? Honestly, welcome to the fight world. Like, did they not know that this was a possibility? Did they not know that this is how 90% of people watch fights? Um, we've heard we, I'm not an illegal streamer, but people have been saying that uh, they've been hunting illegal streamers for how long now, and how many have you seen turn up? Not many, if any. So 
Uh, get in line. Dana was just threatening him two months ago. It's not a good look. Uh, it sounds like they got into the fight promotion without much um, doing much background. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know how they're going to find all these people and list them in a lawsuit. It seems like a big bluff to me Yeah. Uh, to try and get some people to go back and pay, but yeah. we'll see. They're going to try to scare them. Yeah, um, what was I going to um, – they're claiming 150 million, I think 150 million in lost lost revenue from illegal streaming. But no one would have watched yeah, it if no they had shit. to pay. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's uh, it definitely seemed just like uh, a big bluff on their end, and uh, I mean, good luck, I guess. Yeah, good luck taking down the uh, the kings of that world because a lot of people have tried. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Uh, if Dana can't do it, then I don't, exactly. think, I don't think the Paul brothers are going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, maybe do this on a fight that lasts more than one minute. And these are, basically they should just do it on YouTube and get the YouTube ad revenue, whatever. Uh, but I, I, I suspect that promotion is not long for this world because of all the money they spend on talent and things that are outside of the ring fighting-wise. So uh, I think this might be a, another little shred of evidence in my favor that they're basically – trying to clean up the scraps because um, that's not a good look after one fight. Yeah, totally agreed. So anyways, that's all I got for uh, my shop, my Isn't He Awesome and my weekly call. What do you got? All right, my Isn't He Awesome this week is going to be UFC 263 in Glendale, oh, yeah. Arizona, so your boy will be in attendance. Uh, we got Adesanya versus Vittori 2, which num- the first fight was in Arizona as well. I I was there. Uh, it was a good fight. Um, Vittori, you know, had a really competitive fight versus Adesanya. He was tested pretty pretty well in that one, and Vittori's gotten infinitely better since that fight. So it'll be interesting to see where he stacks up uh, this time around. And then we got your boy, uh, yes, Figueredo versus uh, Moreno 2. The first fight, uh, Figueredo versus Moreno won, was uh, an absolute banger. Yes, so um, I'm going to be uh, absolutely pumped to watch that one live. And, uh, yeah, I'll be there. The only downside is it's in Glendale, so we'll uh, we'll have a bit of a ride out there. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, go out, we'll go out and hang with the Westies for a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, early plans. I plan on being there, too. So I will – I'm just going to say it here so I, so I hold myself to it. If I'm there and I plan to be there, bleached hair figurato stripe in a, in the crowd, 100%. It'll happen. Mark my wow, words. Wow, you might get on TV with that. Yeah, and think about this. When was the we saw we saw figurato fight February over a year ago, and then Benavidez too. I've been promising since then that his next fight I would bleach my hair and do the stripe, and now it's all coming together almost a little too perfectly. So. Yeah. Yeah. What a card, though. That's exactly. I'm I mean, super you better put on. That. I'm gonna hold you to it. Oh, I. You don't have to. Yeah, it should. You don't have to uh, twist my arm too hard. This is like a, almost like a perfect card to me. So, um, I think the stars may be aligning for the JLT opening the crowds back up. We started this podcast during COVID, so we actually April 28th was our one year. I checked the date, so. Happy birthday to JLT podcast. A little late, but um, we are uh, we started it with, but we started it when crowds were already gone. So uh, 
this will be the first real chance we've had to go to an event. So let's do it. There we go. And uh, so we'll move on to my call out. I'm calling out, you know, usually I got him as my as and awesome. I'm a big fan, but Sugar Sean O'Malley, again? you're getting the call out. It's, uh, yeah, he's getting the call out again because uh, this is an awful fight. They say for US two, or UFC 264, they're targeting Sean O'Malley versus Lewis Smolka. Heard that. I mean, come on now. Yeah, come on now. That is not a fight that anybody wants to see. It's like what you're... You've realized your legs are glass, and you just don't want to fight anybody that's wor- that's like somewhat of a challenge. Like Lewis Smolka has been a human punching bag in the past, and it just seems like he's just trying to line up as many easy fights as possible to uh, just keep the hype train going. And uh, at some point, you got to start you got to start fighting some some real talent. I know that the first time you did try to step up in competition, you got beat with. Uh, and maybe you say you didn't. It was a fluke kind of a kick that put you out. But that doesn't mean you just take softball matchups for the rest of your career here, buddy. So um, I think Lewis Smolka is like probably a step back in in his career trajectory. And uh, yeah, we just need to uh, we need to get him going against some better opponents here. You can't act like you're the shit and and be beating up Lewis Smolka. So <laughs> it's almost bullying at this point. Thomas Almeida was yeah, bullying, right? Fighting Thomas Almeida was a bull, was a bully move. Exactly. And this is and then you're gonna one up it with Lewis Smolka. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about trying to get a highlight KO. But yeah, you're not getting anywhere on the card or moving up the card. I don't know. Yeah. And you, yeah, you might you might trick your your uh, you know eighth grade fans into thinking that you're the man for getting a highlight reel off Lewis Smolka. But you know the rest of us, we know what you're doing here, bud. Your Fortnite friends on Twitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everything changed when he put that rainbow in his hair. I don't know what I don't know what changed, but that's but that was the start of the bad timeline for him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's got to go. Got to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, I saw that today too and I just thought what the hell is this? They're not, they shouldn't even be close together in the rankings. They shouldn't even be close. They shouldn't even be mentioned in the same fighter meet or fight like matchmaking meetings, but whatever. Like you said, I mean, he's just trying to stack up. It's, But, again, it sounds like worthy call-out because it sounds like something he pursued himself because how does that matchup get made any other way? Yeah, exactly. It, it definitely seems like that because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Sean Shelby, they're usually all about, you know, keeping him moving, uh, you know. Yeah, they don't protect prog- anyone. career progressing. So you don't, you don't just go drop back down. Like, you don't go – you don't go progressing and then go on a steady decline after that, after one loss. Like the, if you lose one, they'll keep you around there. See if you can get the win and then start moving you up again. Not just like consistently going, going down. So yeah, it does seem like something him and his, and Tom, Tom Welsh, Tim Welsh probably, uh, probably cooked up in their, uh, in their kitchen. Yeah. Just listen to their podcast. They probably will straight up say it, but yeah, worthy, worthy call. You've called them out. You were a big Sugar Sugar Sean fan for a long time. You called him out twice in the last month, I believe. Maybe it's been a little longer than that, but um, so take notes, man. You're losing your you're losing your original base for uh, yeah for bullying and beating up on these uh, washed up washed out scrubs. So, anyways, I guess that'll do it for our weekly call and our weekly shout outs. So we'll move on then to our yeah one of. Uh, the dude, the Go dude ahead. wants to compare himself to like Conor McGregor and stuff, you know. Like he he tries to act like him, but Conor McGregor always took the next hardest fight. Yeah. Like 
Um, except for maybe when he fought uh, Cowboy. Um, what's no, yeah, Cowboy, but um, early in his career, I'm talking about um, the German dude, De- Dennis Seaver. Um, Dennis Seaver, yeah. Besides that, um, Connor always was taking the next toughest fight, but uh, yeah, don't act like you're you're the next Connor and stuff, and then be fighting Lewis Smolka. Yeah, I I agree. That's why I've always referred to him as Carnival McGregor because he's uh he wants to be Connor a little too bad, but he uh he gives more he gives off a little more Carney vibes than uh than Connor vibes. So, um, <laughs> anyways, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, I don't think that fight was finalized, but it sounds like that's what they're targeting. So we'll move on though. We got a preview here for ESPN UFC on ESPN twenty four. No official title next to it yet. Supposed to be Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson. Um, apparently, there's possibly some issues with Marina Rodriguez getting into the country. Actually, it was supposed to be Corey Sanhang versus TJ Dillashaw, which would have made this card infinitely better. That would have been a great fight. But it sounds like we could be getting Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson as our main event. Um, Marina Rodriguez minus 195, Michelle Waterson plus 160. Um, I think Marina Rodriguez has looked really good. I don't think Michelle Waterson is that good. Quite frankly, I don't know why she keeps getting main events. Um, but what do you think about this line and what do you think about this fight? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little closer than, than the line actually says. I mean, Marina Rodriguez, she is, she's struggled with take getting taken down quite a bit. Um, when she's fighting another striker, she absolutely dominates. As we saw, I think she beat Amanda Hebas yep, last, her out. Um, who she was a big underdog against. And uh, But we've seen her struggle a lot against the takedown. Her takedown defense isn't quite there. Um, Michelle Watterson, now she's not the best wrestler, but she is a good wrestler. She will take you down. She will be going for the takedowns, mark my words, uh, in this fight. Um, so... I, I think Amanda, or I think, uh, I'm sorry, Marina Rodriguez is going to be able to keep it standing, hopefully. Um, but it's not, I, I don't think it's by any means a lock. And, and Michelle Watterson could could be a live dog here. It, it really just depends on how this fight goes. I it, The other thing, I, I think this is on short notice for Marina Rodriguez, which which does kind of, uh, kind of worry me a little bit. She might not be you know, as fluent with their takedown defense and she may be a little rusty here. So uh, that also provides a little bit to Michelle Watterson. I'm not picking Michelle Watterson. I'm just not, uh, I might be a pass, honestly, for me on this one. I'm, I, I might go Marina Rodriguez on some parlays to end it. Um, and then, and then hedge with, uh, with Michelle Watterson there, just because I think uh, Michelle Watterson is a live dog, but I'm not confident in her enough to to pick her you know yeah yeah i like that uh the only the only one thing i would say about michelle waterson that to kind of she's a better wrestler but she has trouble with distance she'll stand out of distance and throw 100 jabs where marina rodriguez has super long arms where she could uh she could box her up but again like you said and, and the, she uh, the takedown was her kryptonite when she did lose her last fight so Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that yeah, one as it connect. plays out. Who knows? I heard Marina Rodriguez might not even be in the country yet. Yep. So, yeah, uh, who knows if it even happens or who main events this card? But um, yeah, if that one happens, that's what that's what I'm looking at on it. Yep, that's true too. Sorry, I lost connection there for a second. But yeah, yeah, we don't even know if this fight's gonna happen. So uh, 
Who knows? But we'll move on to uh, Ben Rothwell versus Felipe Lins. Our old friend Felipe Lins, minus 105. Ben Rothwell, minus 115. Never bet on Felipe Lins. That's all I'm saying about this. Uh, you can break it down a little more than that, but uh, or perhaps you've changed your mind, but Felipe Lins has burned me twice, and uh, I just feel like he's the same. He's fighting the same guys over and over and over, and he never looks good. But And uh, Ben Rothwell has looked okay. He just looks like Ben Rothwell, so... Um, slight favorite here at minus 115 um this fight is definitely a pass for me what about you yeah i mean if anything i'm betting ben rothwell on it like you said we'll never trust felipe Lins again the guy's uh guy's a bum uh he just doesn't do much in there and uh and ben rothwell he's getting older but he is a veteran with plenty of experience and i think he still has enough in the tank to beat uh felipe Lins. i don't have too much on it as far as a breakdown but uh yeah, just don't trust Felipe, and uh, yeah, we'll probably go with Big Ben Rothwell on this one. All right, nice. All right, next up, Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. Got Jeff Neal minus 190, Neil Magny plus 165. Jeff Neal got beat up last time bad by um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Neil Magny got beat up bad last fight out by Michael Chiesa. Two guys looking to bounce back from getting beat up bad. I don't really have any read on this fight. Um, because I, I perennially, perennially underestimated Neil Magny. I do think Jeff Neal's good. Minus 190 might seem a little steep to me, though. Not sure about that. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, it, it's a tough fight to gauge here. I, I kind of agree with you on this one. It's tough to tough to really go on on this one. It's Neil Magny. He's just a uh, he's a crafty veteran. He finds ways to win. Um, Jeff Neal though, um, I feel like he's kind of underrated too. He doesn't have many losses. He lost to wonder boy and who's he all lost. He doesn't have many losses to, uh, he actually lost to, um, he lost to wonder boy, Kevin Holland, wonder boy and Kevin Holland are the only losses in his UFC career. Um, he's beat Nico price, Mike Perry, Bilal Muhammad. So, I mean, he has some good wins here. Um, that being said, I mean, Neil Magny, he's always been my guy. Um, I think he might be a good underdog play here, um, but it's it's going to be pretty close. I mean, uh, I, I, it's kind of tough. I mean, I might lean slightly towards uh, towards uh, Neil Magny as the underdog play, but Neil Magny, the thing is, he's always in really close fights. So I think it's going to be a close one. He could win, he could lose it, uh, but I think he'll uh, he'll keep it close. You know. Yeah, I got you there. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I just have no real way to read this fight too completely different fighters two guys we've seen didn't look good in their last fight there was nothing to take from the Jeff Neal Stephen Thompson fight and there was nothing to take from the Neil Magny Michael Chiesa fight because they were both utter dominations where they didn't look like themselves so hard for me to tell who's going to bounce back and who isn't or how it's going to go down so uh yeah for me it's definitely a tough one but uh we'll move on to Diego Ferrer versus Gregor Gillespie this is a rescheduled fight maybe rescheduled twice not sure Gregor Gillespie minus 175, Diego Ferreira plus 155. Gregor Gillespie finally making his comeback, possibly don't want to jinx it from a devastating knockout from Kevin Lee, his first loss of his MMA career. Kevin Lee's highlight uh, win in a long streak of lowlights for Kevin Lee. Um, But when he does something like that, he looks like he could be a world beater. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. But Gregor Gillespie to that point has – had looked really really good um got caught once with a bad kick 
super talented wrestler, super accredited wrestler. Um, got him here at 175. A lot of question marks. He's been out for a while. You think any of that factors in? And uh, how do you think Diego Ferreira matches up with him at plus 155? Yeah, so I'm on Diego Ferreira. Fiera in this one, I think it's how you say it. But um, Fiera, I'm on, yeah, Diego Fiera. Um, I like him at plus 155. I think that's a steal underdog money. Um, this guy is a submission specialist, and he gets it done on the ground. Uh, we got Gregor Gillespie, who needs to, he needs to wrestle. That's all he does. He wrestles and lays ground and pounds. So for him to win this fight, he has to take Diego down, which plays right into Fiera's game. He's going to, He's going to be able to submit him, I think. And I think he's going to probably win and win by submission. So I like the underdog money there on uh, on uh, Diego Fiera. Yeah, and I like that pick a lot. I'm glad you put it that way because Diego Ferreira looked good, pretty good, against um, Benil Dariush. But Benil Dariush is also a jiu-jitsu wizard. So they kind of canceled each other out with the jiu-jitsu there. So... Um, I don't think Gregor Gillespie has that pedigree for jiu-jitsu. So like you said, it just takes one wrong move. And I mean, wrestlers can get submitted from anywhere. From, uh, they can be on top and get submitted. They can be get their backs taken. They can, anything can happen. So I like that uh, I like that underdog play, and I like that submission perhaps. So I'm definitely going to circle that one. Um, Kyle Dawkins versus Phil Hawes here. Phil Hawes plus 115. Kyle Dawkins 135. This is younger brother Kyle, right? Chris is the older brother. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, yeah, I think I like the slight underdog here. I feel like I'm taking a lot of underdogs, but uh, um, if a few of them hit, then we'll do all right. But uh, yeah, I think Phil Hawes, Kyle Dawkins. So we said it many times. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not his brother. Chris Dawkins is his keeper, and <laughs> uh, and Kyle's just you know he needs to be kept. So uh, you can't bet on somebody who needs to be kept. We're never gonna uh, let that go. I think Phil Hawes is gonna get the. No, yeah, I mean, it's tattooed on the guy. It's never going to be let go um, unless he gets a cover-up or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Phil Hawes, he's looked pretty good in, in the UFC so far. He's got some good wins. He beat Imovov in his last fight, who was a pretty solid fighter, and uh, I think he's going to get it done and, and beat Kyle Dawkins in this one. All right, yeah, Phil Hawes looked great in that last fight, but he did gas out. I've never seen a guy on the ropes survive as long as Phil Hawes survived. It was over a minute of being on his absolute last legs, and he survived it and rode it out for a victory. Um, I don't think Kyle Hawes, Kyle, uh, Kyle Dawkins is as good of a striker as Imabrov was. Um, so, yeah, I like that pick too. Again, this is one I didn't have a great feel for, so uh, I think that's a solid breakdown. And last fight we got to break down here, Amanda Hebas, minus 175 versus Angela Hill. Personally, Amanda Rebus fan here. I think we're getting great value at minus one, only minus 175. The only knock to her game, Amanda Hebas, is she's clearly a bit chinny. And uh, we saw that against Marina Rodriguez. She was dominating that fight. She got caught. Um, and then she got caught again and again because she was kind of wobbled. Um, Angela Hill has been on kind of a run here. She's won a lot of fights. She's had a lot of fights. She's won quite a few fights. I don't really buy into it as a, her being a real contender, whereas I think Amanda Hibas is a real contender. So I think 175 is a s very solid price tag on her. Um, I have to hear what you think, though, or if you see any different. No, I I completely agree with you. I like m minus 175. I think we're only getting that because 
I mean, if she didn't just lose, yeah. lose to Marina Rodriguez, I think she's like minus 300? 250, minus 300 yeah. in this fight. Um, and and he's mentioned that she might be a little chinny, but Angela Hill is not knocking out anyone. She's exactly. A, she's a good fighter. She's uh, she's got good striking, but she does not have power whatsoever. So and Amanda Hebas does, and she's Amanda Hebas seems big for the division compared to An, um, Angela Hill, and I think she's gonna have her way with Angela Hill in this fight. Um, so yeah, I I really do like Amanda Hebas at that at that price minus one seventy five. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's right in line with my thoughts exactly I wanted to make sure that I was not getting carried away and actually what you said there if she hadn't come off that loss I think she would easily be like a minus 300 in this situation Um, but she did come off a pretty devastating loss and uh, we'll have to see how she bounces back but again I think we're getting kind of a gift with the minus 175 and uh, I really like that one Um, any other fighters or fights on here you wanted to keep an eye on I see you got uh, Marcos Rogero de Lima against Mo Green. Yeah, these are ones I just didn't really have a, a good feel on on a pick on either one of them, but the Crochet Boss versus Marcos <laughs> Rosario de Lima should be a good fight. Um, and uh, another one, Ludovic Klein versus uh, Ultimate Fighter Vet Mike Trezano should be a, a, a good fight to keep an eye out. So uh, those should be some good ones to watch. I mean, don't get me wrong, this, this card was going to be stacked if the main event uh, oh yeah, TJ it was Dillashaw gonna be awesome. Versus, um, yeah, if that if TJ didn't get hurt here, I mean this card is absolutely stacked. It's still stacked, but we just we it just lacks that main event, which is always a problem. Um, but other than that, I mean you got you got plenty of good fights with well known fighters here. Um, you just don't have big name value on this card really but you got tons of great matchups interesting matchups so it's it, although we don't have a, a big main event for you this week we got uh, we got a lot of good matchups i think yeah absolutely and again it's on regular espn that's that's my favorite when they do put it on regular espn as my doc as my uh my um troubles with the espn plus and everything are well documented so no issues to worry about throw it on the tv if you're in a bar or whatever, you could, they can put it on regular ESPN. It's like the ideal scenario. So, yeah, it's a huge bummer. Okay, so what do you think would have happened, just real quick, if Sanhagen did fight uh, Dillashaw? We haven't seen TJ in two years. Man, I don't know. That just It's such a good fight. I really don't I really don't know which way I'm leaning on that one. Um, man, if T, TJ Dillashaw, if he can come back and look like his old self, it's tough to bet against the guy. I mean, he's he's tough as nails, but so is Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Corey Sanhagen has been an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, but the one thing is he did show a little susceptibility to the takedown versus Aljamain Sterling. We know TJ Dillashaw has, has good takedowns, good wrestling, Wrestler, and yep. he could definitely go that route. It's just a matter of TJ being able to close the distance and get the takedowns without getting taken down. So, I mean, I think against him, like, you got to, like, take him down once and keep him there or else, like, uh, if you have to keep going in for take takedowns, it's like, you know, it's tough every time you got to do it to make sure you don't hit get caught with one of those knees when he's uh, when you're coming in for the takedown there. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what would happen. I, that That's just a great fight, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of upset we're not going to get to see it this weekend. Yeah, that's a huge disappointment. It looks like it's just a pretty nasty cut on TJ's eyes, so I have to assume stitch it up. Maybe we'll get him somewhere late June, early yeah. July. We'll Pour get a... some EPO on there. <laughs> stitch it up. I forgot he heals you know, faster. Good. He heals faster because of the yeah. hormones. 
because of the HGH. So maybe maybe we get we'll it late June, a few days. late June, early July. I'm hoping for, but we got a lot to look forward to for to in between there. So um, if you got nothing else, though, we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right then. Well, so we still got a pretty good card this weekend, and uh, we'll definitely be watching it. Some. On a bet, it where I think we're both on pretty good betting streaks here. So, uh, and I like a lot of spots on this card again too. So, that's starting to make it a little more appealing to watch. But either way, we'll report back our winnings or losings next week, and we'll be back to uh, recap. And do we have a preview after that? We have uh, Oliveira versus Chandler. Or is that a week? Oh yeah, we're gonna have all. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's next week. So yeah, we'll be back to back again here. All right. Yeah, we got a. Um, and then after up. that, it looks like there might be a little break, but. Oh, yeah. That's all I got until 260, listed until 263 in June. So, yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out. But either way, we'll be back to recap it. And um, good luck with your picks. Good luck with your bets. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Don't speak of the Portuguese, so I cannot translate from the corner. Speaking of Portuguese, uh, that's Japanese, bro. Oh, really? Thank you.